Welcome to the sixth episode of Demol Belgi Argentina Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone and joining me as always is the Canadian who ruins the vibe of any meal he enters by reminding everyone else that someone's about to get executed, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We are back for our anti-penultimate episode, actually. We've only got two more after this. It goes by quick. It really does, because, just a little scheduling note, uh, the finale and the reunion episodes are probably going to get merged, so um, it's only going to be an eight-episode season, I'm afraid. But what an eight-episode season it is. What? We're merging the finale and reunion? There's got to be plenty of content. Yeah, about that. So previously, Bruno and Thibaut went for an afternoon of whining and dining, but managed to completely miss that their girlfriends had cooked the meal that they were eating, and pour 2,000 euros away from the pots. Inexplicably, they managed to save themselves by working out which paintings Kathy, Gilles, and Hannah had recreated under Stein's instruction. After a night with their loved ones, Gilles sniped the rest of the group to win safety for the round. But it was Thibaut whose instincts failed him, and he was sent home. And we begin on day 14 at 6.02am in a flooded garden, and it appears to be a Papa Bear wake-up call for Hannah. Someone's brought a guitar. Do they whack her over the head with it? Now, did you not notice, as as the camera was entering Hannah's room about to wake her up, uh, there was just a guitar case there? And I don't actually think it's ever acknowledged during the season whose it is. Probably Stein's? I'd guess Bruno. Bruno looks like the sort of person who would have uh, a guitar with him. Yeah, I guess so. So at 10.06am, we rejoin the action as Bruno is making notes at breakfast, and Jill needs to cross the room to get his clothes. At which point, Mark would have been frightened. (laughs) Just pulls the sleeping bag over his eyes. Yeah, he's never seen a naked man before. Even if he's covered by uh, by a towel. Yeah, um, he's only seen the censored version of the Statue of David. He just carries around a censor bar with himself. Why is everyone so immodest? Why is anyone showing more than ankle? This is Victorian times. Is there no modesty? <laughs> And they say that it's quiet now that the chatterbox of the group, which was Thibaut, has gone home. Which is funny, because he was barely shown speaking. He was so unedited. <laughs> I thought they were being sarcastic. I thought they were being sarcastic when they said that. I do wonder why Thibaut was so underedited, because he was he must have been really filthy or something with his conversation topics where they've just kind of erased him from the season. Never have I ever. Hot Vodumod. <laughs> Never have I ever recognised my wife's cooking. So Kathy knocks on Hannah's door to wake her up, and says that she's showering. It turns out she's actually disappeared, and when they go in for a second time, they find an envelope on her pillow. My question is, who did she think was showering? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think about that. You don't just magically make up, oh, uh, she's in the she's in the shower. I can't hear any, any water or anything going in there, but she's definitely in the shower. Yeah, Kathy... Um... For someone who is obsessed with detail, really didn't check that Hannah was actually in the shower. There's a lot of clues to tell you, not just if the shower's in use, but the bathroom in general. Like lights, and running water. And noise. And not having a note with the mole logo on it, on her pillow. And arts and crafts for a children's birthday party. That is true. So the note in the envelope reads, We've taken Hannah to a mystery location and locked her up. Free her before 1pm and win 5,000 euros for the pot. And some pizza! And some pizza, yeah. (laughs) Split up into two groups and go to one of two locations, Palermo Park and rent boat 17 and row to the middle of the pond, or Pizzeria Mario and sit and keep a close eye on everything. And this is an absolutely classic mole challenge 
stretching back years and years and years to the often copied Man in the Iron Mask challenge, where one person is chosen seemingly at random from the group to be locked up in a location and kidnapped in the middle of the night, and the rest of them have to try and uh, find keys and then uh, free them. That's usually how it works. Vidum hasn't done this challenge in a while. They haven't done the kidnapping challenge. No, and I wonder why Hannah was chosen. That's the thing. It's something we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that after this season, they really don't have production choosing who actually does challenges. They let them choose everything. Well, it's like as we went to before, where it unintentionally gives advantages and disadvantages to specific players. Yeah. It's almost like they're forcing them all into the role that they want. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting contrast to make between this one and the Greek one, which has just finished, where they gave everyone a lot of choice. Far too much choice in certain places. Especially when it came to the alcohol. Yeah, like Bart having the choice between finding out who the mole was and winning money for the pot. <laughs> Do you want 10,000 euros taken out of the pot at the beginning? It's your choice. <laughs> no biggie for me. Yeah. <laughs> It's just money saved out of Jill's Papa Bear's pocket. Yeah. So they split into two pairs. Bruno and Kathy head to Palermo Park, and Stein and Jill head to the pizzeria. And at the park, Bruno and Kathy find a pair of binoculars, a phone on a chain, and a key in their boat. In the pizzeria, Jill and Stein receive a phone which is ringing, and on the other end is Hannah. She's locked in a pigeon cage, and both groups have a key to her cage. If either of the groups free her, they win the 5,000 euros. And in her cage, she finds a news article saying that the pigeons she's with won the 2015 racing championships, and she also finds an old pizza box from Pizzeria Mario, and it's addressed to Carlos Paloma. I think Kathy was very confused at the start of this challenge because uh, she didn't know how kidnappers were able to break into the shower and take Hannah without anybody noticing. That is very true, and how, how did they restrain her when she would have been uh, soaking wet and stuff? There would have been a trail, and... I don't know how uh, Detective Kathy never spotted that. Maybe there's a pipe in the bathroom that led to an underground tunnel through the city. Not just a pipe, a Reagan pipe. (laughs) A Reagan pipe. (laughs) Classic, classic escape hatch to the Reagan pipe. Oh god, I want to rewatch the episode so much. (laughs) Dates back to the times of King Leopold. And Kathy, in her infinite wisdom, just lets Bruno row to the island in the middle of the lake, and they need to actually row to the middle of the pond so that they can see what they need to see. And Hannah tries to ring while they're exploring the island, but they don't actually answer. And it takes her three attempts to actually get through to them. Kathy and Bruno really wanted to make the other person think they're the mole. Yeah, they were massively sabotaging. Bruno especially in this challenge was sabotaging so much. And... We also find out, you probably knew this, but I didn't, that the Spanish for pigeon is apparently Paloma. Yeah. Carlos Paloma. <laughs> That's funny that the, the pigeon trainer is Carlos Paloma. Like, he was, bo- he, was born, he was born to train pigeons. And when asked, the owner of the pizza parlor says he has a customer called Carlos Paloma, but refuses to say where Carlos lives due to customer privacy. Hint, hint, his favorite pizza is covered in dead pigeons. I think I just heard a chirp in the oven. Two turtle doves. Dave's getting up to Christmas. <laughs> that's the Christmas, that's the Carlos Paloma Christmas special. Yeah, it was just a Christmas special pizza because they were filming this in sort of back end of November, early December. It's uh, two turtle doves on a, uh, on a pizza. Yeah. It's Carlos's favourite. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three turtle doves on a pizza, two turtle, do- tur- two turtle doves on a second pizza, 
and one turtle dove on another pizza. <laughs> I mean, assuming that they're going in order of the 12 days of Christmas, I would be really wary of eating the five gold rings pizza. Well, that's just 5,000 euros taken out of the pot. Yeah, all the one with Lords of Leaping, all the maids are milking one, or in fact anything that isn't a bird. Or one one paint bomb exploding. We're not doing the 12 days of mole Christmas. <laughs> I was pushing for it. 12 sleeping bags. <laughs> Maybe if you want to end the Argentina finale with a version of the 12 days of Christmas that is mole themed, I won't stop you, but we're not doing it now. So Carlos is actually standing on the edge of the pond that they're rowing across with his prize-winning pigeon in a cage. Worst kidnapper ever. The pigeon will lead them to Hannah's location. And even when they do row to the centre of the pond, or Bruno does at least, they still don't spot Carlos walking around with a pigeon cage under his arm. Maybe they just thought it was part of Argentine culture. You have mate, you have football, you have all the Catholic uh, chapels, and then you just have guys walking around with pigeon cages. Classic Argentina. Classic. And Jill decides to run across the street from the pizzeria to see if any of the pigeons nearby have a ring on their ankles leading them to Carlos Paloma. And then Hannah realises that she can actually ring the pizza parlour herself and order pizza for Carlos Paloma and lead them to her location. And after more than an hour, Bruno and Kathy spot Carlos. And he's actually lying down at this point. He got bored of the pigeons. A pigeon master... Got bored of his pigeons. He becomes approximately the 50th person this season to be bored of Kathy's behaviour. <laughs> There's going to be a support group at the end of the season where it's going to be the musicians uh, at the planetarium <laughs> and uh, now the pigeon master guy. Just all the people who are stuck waiting for the Belgian mole contestants. I say this, of course, with the greatest love because Kathy is so wonderfully intense in this season and she makes it so brilliant. And I think that I would probably be quite similar to Kathy if I was ever on the mole in terms of, not intensity, but in terms of fanatical attitude. So I cannot criticise too much, but Kathy has rubbed a few people the wrong way. She's very competitive, she does not like to lose, and she obviously doesn't like pigeons. <laughs> she won't be trained any anytime soon. No. And in Carlos's basket, there are three pigeons. They must choose the correct one. Only one of them will lead them to Hannah, as the other two belong to someone else. The way for them to find out which pigeon is actually Carlos's is for Hannah to describe the pigeon that is attached to the article in her cell. But Kathy and Bruno actually focus on the ring numbers, and Hannah can't really do anything with that. Yeah, she's a bunch of gibberish gobbledygook. And Stein and Jill decide to follow the delivery guy as he leaves. But just to make it a little bit more difficult for them to follow him, he's not actually signalling. And then he clones himself in a matter of seconds. And then the fun begins, because I did mention last week that this episode probably is the most famous episode of this season. It's certainly one of the most famous episodes of the entire Belgian Mole chronology, in that we have this challenge, and we have another very iconic challenge later on in the episode. And it's purely because of the moment where, when Jill drives around the corner, the delivery guy is joined by a second, identically-seeming delivery guy. And they start swapping sides and trying to make it really difficult to follow the pizza. Like those puzzle games that you see in, like, uh, in Mario Party or in any sort of video game. Yeah, it's basically Dr. Kawashima's brain training, but pizza-themed. <laughs> train, your, train your brain in minutes a day. 
And Bruno and Kathy have 35 minutes left and try and choose the one pigeon without number 17 on it as that was their boat number. Kathy releases it and yet again for a, at least the third time this season, Hannah works out a puzzle 10 seconds too late. The third time. Uh, this is definitely, it's at least three times that this has happened. Yeah, there's at least three I can remember it happening for. Hot for Dharma. I'd completely forgotten Hannah's legacy of constantly working out puzzles just a tad too late. You know what show she would be terrible on? 24. She's with Jack Bauer. It's like, oh man, we gotta defuse this bomb. We've only got two minutes. After two minutes, the nuclear bomb goes off. Oh, I just had to cut that one wire. Oh, shit. I think what it boils down to is that Hannah is not very good under pressure. She has her blinkers on, and then when she takes a step back and realises that there's no pressure on her, she goes, of course, that's how you do it. What's funny is that she has her blinkers on, but the people driving in this challenge don't. Yeah. And the pizza delivery guys then start swapping pizzas again. This challenge just basically becomes impossible, I'll be honest. Because at the roundabout, a third courier then appears. And they essentially just keep going round and round the roundabout and peel off at the last second to confuse them. The thing is, though, they did not keep a, they did not do a good job of keeping up with the first uh, car before he was joined by the second one. I didn't notice this, but did they have um, number plates on those bikes? You would think they would have to. You can't just drive around the streets of Buenos Aires without a license plate, especially with how much crime goes on there. You'd think so, but I'm not 100% whether they did, because if they did, that is 100% the right way to focus on him this challenge. Well, they pro- they lost the first deliver- the correct delivery guy so quickly, though, that they didn't even have time to look at the license plate. Yeah, because uh, one big thing that they have a problem with in Buenos Aires, at least, is the the, mot- the moto bandits, the guys who, when they are trying to rob you, they, like a couple of the motorbikes will start circling around you and then more and more join you and then they come in and take all your stuff. So I gotta assume that they have to have license plates in Buenos Aires just because yeah. of those, that issue with moto bandits. I didn't spot any number plates if they did have any. So Papa Bear sees the pigeon land, but are they on the right rooftop? And Stein and Jill follow their driver to find Papa Bear waiting for them. He opens the pizza box, and sadly it doesn't contain Carlos's 12 Days of Christmas special. It instead contains a ham and cheese pizza, which Papa Bear's going to be having for lunch. What would be funnier is when the dri- when Jill's and Stein come up to follow the driver for the delivery, Jill tips the guy the 5,000 euros that they were supposed to earn for the challenge. <laughs> Someone wins 5,000 euros? Yeah, it's like, well, someone's got to receive this money. It's not going to the eventual winner of the season. May as well do early retirement for uh, a delivery driver. And then Kathy and Bruno drive up to their location, which is exactly the same, and they realise that everyone's lost. And the guy who actually delivered pizza to Carlos Paloma ends up being murdered by Carlos Paloma on site. Yep, he uses his pigeons as a weapon, and the delivery driver is never seen again. Yeah, Jules and Stein weren't there to save him. It was essentially a um, a cartel hit, and they couldn't stop it. They've already let Ruth die in a paint bomb accident this season, and now they're uh, not getting in the middle of a cartel shooting. What the hell, guys? Hannah really was irresponsible here, though. I mean, this is another thing that she didn't figure out till after the fact, but when she called for delivery to deliver the pizza to where she's being held captive, to Carlos Paloma's house... She also should have called the police at the same time. That was a big oversight on her part. Now, Carlos Plum was able to flee the country, and I'm sure he's somewhere on a cattle ranch in Uruguay right now. 
Maybe she only got one phone call. Ooh, no bars. And it's like, do I want to ring the police about a potential cartel hit, or do I want to win money for the pot? Or get rescued from being kidnapped by a pigeon master? The pigeon master. They were humans before, and now I've changed them into pigeons. Not gonna lie, the pigeon master does sound like a third-rate DC villain. It sounds like somebody who's in the uh, the Flash's Rogue Gallery, but like one that's really badly forgotten. Or a chief reality show. There's Ink Master, there's Cake Boss, Cake Master, uh, Master Chef, and now there's Pigeon Master. So yeah, they earn no euros of possible 5,000 for this challenge. And the good news is that Hannah is actually allowed to rejoin them for dinner because Papa Bear must have saved her. And then he announces that he has a gift for them. He's taking them somewhere where they can each find invaluable information. Do they have pigeons for dinner? Um, I don't think they had squab for dinner. Not that I'm aware of. So... How do they mess... Like, everyone messed up this challenge so badly. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to mess up the pizza challenge than it is to mess up the pigeon one. Yeah, the pizza one, they didn't expect that the second bike was going to join them. No. That made it tougher. The pigeon one, you don't leave until you are confident with which pigeon it is. Yeah, you don't just guess. You don't just guess on the pigeon. No. So yeah, Papa Bear has a special present for them that evening and he's taking them to a room with a two-way mirror. Each of them will get three minutes to speak to the mole privately. Everyone else will hear sound clips through their headphones, but the mole's headset will play the feed of whoever is speaking, and the mole just has to not react, basically. And as she doesn't have a headset, Hannah is up first. She asks whether the mole knows that Hannah is keeping an eye on them. Bruno is second. He focuses on Kathy initially, then uh, Stein. Did you notice the mole reacting to this, to what they were saying this time, now that we know who it is? I was watching who it is, and I didn't spot them reacting. I don't remember whether there is a big tell in this challenge or not. In the in the reunion part, they definitely show uh, clips of the person uh, reacting a little bit. I didn't spot any of them reacting. I was watching really closely for it in this challenge, because I remembered it. It was coming up. I would just try to make the person laugh and say the dumbest stuff possible. What I would do with my three minutes is tell terrible jokes, because... Terrible jokes elicit one of two reactions. One is eye rolls, which are very easy to spot. And two is giggling, which are very easy to spot. You don't actually ask the mole any questions. You don't try and put them off. You just try and make them laugh. Yeah, like I'd be saying, be like, I boned your mom, I boned your mom, I boned your mom. Penis, 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 penis. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mark's in the corner in his sleeping bag with a headset on, <laughs> just kind of scared at the word penis. <laughs> He just starts playing on a sleeping bag while having the headphones on. He just uh, breaks out in a cold sweat at the uh, at the mention of the word penis. <laughs> That's a tell. I know who the mole is. He's like, my wife didn't prepare me for this one. <laughs> and just start, just or wait like twenty seconds and scream really loudly into the microphone <laughs> and do like a do like a shrill scream like. I am assuming that there were probably some ground rules we didn't hear about for this challenge, like you can't just scream for three minutes in the mole's ear. <laughs> but this is the first in a long line of challenges where you are put in a room with everyone and you have to try and um, find a tell of the mole. Because I'm thinking of the Mexico one here as well, with the um, the stimuli. Oh yeah, I forgot about the stimuli challenge. Yeah, this is one of many challenges that they do throughout Belgian Mole in the five seasons we've had so far, where the mole is really challenged to not react. 
And I'm also deeply aware of the irony in me suggesting that you just have to try and make people laugh when after, let's be honest, well over 320 episodes, we've probably not made people laugh that much on this podcast. (laughs) Very true. It's kind of ironic me suggesting uh, humour when, you know, you have heard this podcast before. So we've had about a thousand hours to do it, and you're suggesting these contestants do it in under three minutes on the spot. Yeah, I actually haven't done the maths. It probably is approaching a thousand hours at this point, which is quite startling. Anyway, Gilles is the third person up. He asks whether Kathy was sabotaging, and we hear that she may have been listening to Forrest Gump, and the laugh is like a box of chocolates clip. You never know which pigeon you're going to get. And then Stein is up fourth. He starts saying random names and phrases. And then Kathy is the last one. She focuses on Jill, and she says that it's cool to mindfuck him just for three minutes. And then we open day 15 with probably the iconic challenge of the season, because it's the start of the final week on day 15, which has been a lot less lucrative than the first one, but they can earn up to 6,000 euros today. Papa Bear meets them at a subway station with five objects in front of him, which they each have to choose one of. They are a newspaper, sweatbands, a block of clay, skewers, and a bib. Gilles chooses the sweatbands. He will determine whether they earn any money. The other four will choose how much. He has to race the metro from Venezuela station four steps down to Parque Patricios, 3.4 kilometres away. He needs to board the same train as Papa Bear to earn the cash. At the three stations in between, the other four will have mini challenges to board the train and earn money. They get the time it takes for Papa Bear to reach their station to complete their challenge and board. First one is worth €3,000 and has around two minutes to do it. Second one's worth €2,000 and they get about three minutes to do it. And the third one is worth 1000 and they have about five minutes to do it. Hannah and Stein, as they chose the clay and the skewers, must make a tower out of clay and skewers that is 80 centimetres or higher. They are chosen for the first stop, which means they have about two minutes to do this. And spoilers, this is another challenge where Hannah says, oh, we figured it out right at the last second. <laughs> the fourth time. Yeah. Kathy picks a newspaper and she has to search through the newspaper for the face of someone who is at her stop, who she must identify. She is given the second stop, so has around three minutes to do it. And then we get to Bruno and his chorizo sandwich, because he's given a choripan, which is a typical Argentinian snack. It is basically a chorizo sandwich, and he's given five minutes to do it in. And once Jill is set off, he has around eight minutes before the subway leaves. Now... This challenge is iconic for quite a few reasons, one of which is the fact that nobody is good at this challenge apart from Jill. Do you think people were intentionally trying to mess up this challenge, or they genuinely sucked? No, I think they genuinely sucked at these challenges. I think Kathy was probably the only one who was being a little bit lackadaisical. I think the rest of them were just being stupid. Because it is so bad the performance, especially Bruno here. Bruno has five minutes to eat a sandwich and he doesn't even get halfway. Was we just not... Didn't he complain that he wasn't even hungry or that his stomach was off? Yeah, he complained that he wasn't even hungry, but it's a sandwich. Yeah, somebody else could have been hungry though and they just eat the sandwich instead. Yeah, that's the thing. As an engineer, Stein should have been pretty good at the building challenge. As a children's party planner, Hannah should be used to dealing with clay. Neither of them are very good at this challenge. By the time that Papa Bear arrives, they've only reached 50 centimetres on their ruler. And that was all just in two... They did that in two seconds. Yeah, it's not the worst performance of the challenge, but it's pretty bad. And when Hannah gets to the final station, she does say, oh yeah, we worked out you could just stack the blocks on top of each other. It's like, well... 
you had two minutes to work that out. Stacking on top, that's that was the point, was to get it a certain height. Yeah. You get it where you're trying to do horizontally. <laughs> the clay and skewers challenge is probably the easiest of the three, I would say. Which is probably why they put it as the two-minute challenge, but half of the money in this challenge is resting on those two shoulders, and they really mess it up. And it's the first time all season I can say that on Stein, is that they do really badly in this challenge. Well, they were trying to do like a weird like connects thing, like Lego thing across, and it's like, no, just just bring it up and just stick, 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 done. It could have been done in un- under a minute. Neither of those two people are really associated with being properly fanatical and kind of obsessed with the game, but both of them thought far too much about this challenge. They didn't go for the obvious basic option, which they should have done. They overthought. They probably just overthought it. Yeah, they tried to do it smart rather than doing it right. So the man that Kathy has to identify is one of only two other people at her stop, so it should be reasonably easy, and is the president of the Ginger Club of Buenos Aires. And I am genuinely shocked that John Montgomery did not have a photo taken with him when they went to Buenos Aires in Amazing Race Canada 3, because that is <laughs> very much up Monty Street. <laughs> That has Monty written all over it, is taking a picture with the president of the Ginger Club of Buenos Aires, and he didn't do it. And of course, it being Kathy, she overthinks it as well, and spends most of her time ripping pages out of the newspaper. She does find the right man, but has to find the right page too. And Papa Bear ends up leaving without her, but she finds the page right before Papa Bear leaves, but still loses. Yeah, like seconds, seconds after. Hmm. That's what makes me think that she probably was sabotaging a little. The fact that it's like, oh, you just came by. Oh, and then I lose. Damn it. Yeah, the thing is, there's two other people at that station that she can see. All she has to do is look at both of them, scan the paper. And if it isn't one of them, then she probably loses regardless if it's someone milling about in the upper bit of the station. It's not like she has time to make another guess. No, it's going to be someone on the platform, logically. And yeah, then we get to the wonderful scenes of Bruno trying to eat Choripan. And he's not a fan. He gags a lot. And when Papa Bear Subway arrives, for some reason, we see B-roll of Venezuela Station again. Another continuity issue. It is. It's something that they definitely would never have done in newer seasons, is there is B-roll of Venezuela, and it is very visibly Venezuela. And it's kept in the episode. I like how Jules just casually like hangs his head out the window to watch Bruno eat the sandwich. Or try to eat the sandwich, I should say. I do wonder how much um, how much information he actually got about how they were doing on the subway. I would assume not much, but it's wonderful to see him pop his head out and go, yeah, you're not going to even win, are you? He looks so disappointed that no one succeeded. He does. He looks so awkward on the Metro. He doesn't crack a smile or anything. He's just staring out into space. The only way it could have been funnier, this scene, is if they'd played the sound of silence under that. <laughs> yeah. If he'd just said, I've made a huge mistake. Or uh, what would have been funnier is on the, in the boxcar that he was in, if all of the other Argentine locals were playing games and friendly chatting, then you have Jill's in the middle of the crowd staring, staring out at the door in a super serious manner, not looking up or interacting with anybody. And Gilles arrives just as the train does. He falls at Papa Bear's feet, happens to the best of us, and wins the challenge, but earns no money for the pot. And he's not best pleased. <laughs> no. 
it's the very iconic, like, was it a good three second pause when he when it sinks in that no one else is on? He's like, where is everyone? And then I think Jill doesn't even say anything. He just shakes his head, shakes his head, and a couple seconds later says, "You're the only one." And then Jill's is on the ground. The other running Jill's is on the ground, thinking, uh, just pausing in pain. And then the biggest f bomb of the season comes out of his mouth. Yeah, it's such a beautifully told moment. This because spoilers, it is our banner for this episode. He legs it onto the subway, probably with about ten seconds to spare, something like that, and looks around. There's no one there apart from Gilles de Costa, and he's like, "What? Where is everyone?" Yeah, all the effort he put in, thinking he might be earning up to six thousand euros, and then it was all for nothing. Yeah, but something really rare in terms of Belgian mold here, is the fact that there is no music whatsoever. They cut everything. So it's literally just his breathing, basically. And then, yeah, he lies on the floor, on his back, and screams an F-bomb. Yeah. Like how uh, how Papa Bear just says, oh, you made it. Impressive. <laughs> then he has to give him the bad news. Yeah. So when they all reunite, Hannah says she figured it out just as Papa Bear Gilles de Costa left. And it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, apart from the mole who can never go home. Jill says he thinks that the mole hasn't been suspected for a while and that there is still a bit of doubt in everyone's minds. Bruno has made a list of the challenges and who was responsible for the failures. He came to the conclusion that it was somebody different every time and hopes that he is now on the correct mole. Hannah says she wouldn't be devastated to leave tonight as she's happy with how she played. Stein struggles with the betrayal and not trusting anyone. And Kathy says she didn't expect it to be so hard. Even Hannah is now being suspicious. And they have a final meal before the execution. Kathy, obviously being Kathy, ruins the mood immediately by reminding them that someone's going home soon. Oh yeah, one of you is not going to win this money. One of you is going on the first plane back home. Back to your shitty little apartment. Yeah. You'll finally be able to confirm if it's, if it's, uh, if it's Samsung or Nokia and you're painting at home. Kathy is essentially the Shane Powers of this challenge. <laughs> She's like, go back to your shitty little apartment. Just remember this dinner, folks. This is the happiest you'll ever be for the rest of your life. My apartment's not shitty. <laughs> so Papa Bear joins them and announces that they are leaving Buenos Aires in the morning, but someone won't be going with them. And Hannah's reaction here is delightful. Because Hannah, as soon as she's told that they're leaving Buenos Aires in the morning, just goes, Yay! <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time I see this scene. Maybe she's not a fan after that Metro experience, because that Metro in Buenos Aires is ancient. Well, thinking about it just from this episode alone, Hannah's experience so far of Buenos Aires has been being trapped in a pigeon cage with scenes that we didn't even see in this episode, but we did see in um, in the preview, including her having to kind of lean in and touch something at the edge of the pigeon cage. And then she's just come back from a really crap day on the Buenos Aires Metro. Even the high points of seeing her boyfriend a couple of days ago probably aren't going to balance out her experience of Buenos Aires from this episode that much. I was surprised. that they had, They're a bit gutsy to do a task on, on the Metro because uh, when I was there... Even my ex-girlfriend who lives, uh, well, in and out of Buenos Aires, on the metro, everyone, all the locals wear their bags on the front. 
I've never seen a metro anywhere else in the world where every single person wears, wears their backpack in front of them just because of how much crime goes on it. Usually you only do that if you're a tourist, but no, everyone does it there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, um, that Bruno would have been very happy for someone to steal his cherry pan off him. <laughs> Just has it hanging out of his back pocket. Please, someone take this. Oh, actually, when I was in Chile, it was right before I went to, our, to Buenos Aires. And the people in my hostel had just come from Buenos Aires, and they said that they were that somebody attempted the old uh, metro scam trick where they where somebody discreetly tries to uh, to spray something on your leg, like some sort of liquid, and then it's supposed to cause a stain. And then somebody else comes up to you offering to help clean up the stain for you, saying, "Oh, that's terrible! I can't believe someone made that spill." And then while they're helping you clean up your stain you set down your bag and then somebody else quickly bolts to grab your bag and runs away. So a couple of people tried to pull that on uh, somebody in my hostel and they said that uh, they knew what it, what was going on pretty much right away. And the thing is that the thing that they spray on you, what makes the extra incentive for you to want to put your bag down is that the thing that they spray on you smells really bad. They actually said, said it smells like bird crap. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. So, Papa Bear says that the person who's going home is not necessarily set in stone just yet. He has 11 Passfragen for them to share. They're going to play a game one by one. If he divides the 11 Passfragen completely, they will earn those Passfragen and 3,000 euros for the pot. If not, they're going to lose 3,000 euros from the pot. In the first round, Papa Bear will place six Passfragen in a bag. Each person can take either zero, one, two, or three Passfragen but they need to ensure that there are Passfragen left at the end of the round, because whatever is left in the bag will be doubled next, as long as he has Passfragen to double it with. If the bag is empty before a round ends, or Papa Bear can't double what's left after a round, the game stops, and they lose €3,000 from the pot. And they get five minutes between candidates to discuss tactics, and this is basically where it falls apart. Because this is a really badly played mind game by all the contestants. What's funny is that the challenge ends... But by the time that Papa Bear is done explaining it. Yeah, I think they probably kind of allocated maybe an hour for this challenge. It's done in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a really badly played challenge on the, the behalf of the candidates. They play this so badly. Actually, it'd be 75 minutes, I guess. Yeah, but it won't have gone that long. Right. But a maximum, I guess, in the reset between rounds... But yeah, it's done really, really quickly. So Bruno suggests that Hannah goes first and takes one, everyone else takes none in the first round. In the next round, everyone takes two, and Hannah ends the game with three, and everyone else gets two. This ensures that they win, which is 100% the correct tactic. And it's figured out right away, like, good job, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, the correct tactic is either that, or everyone takes one, and then somebody takes none in the second round. That's the only way to win this challenge. However... It is a final five. No one is going to let anyone else have an advantage at this point. Even if it's giving Hannah one additional pass dragon. And Hannah does go first. She takes one, as agreed. And Jill says that he'll support the plan if he gets the extra pass dragon. And after five minutes, the time actually expires. Kathy tries to enter, but she's too late, and they lose the challenge. And that's literally this challenge. What's funny is that the banana boat challenge took, like, what was that, a half an hour on the banana boats? And the funny thing is that the banana boat challenge 
had a shorter edit than a challenge that we know in real time lasted only six minutes. This challenge is legendarily badly played by the contestants. I cannot think of a challenge like this in Belgium all history that is worse played by the contestants than this one. Because Bruno comes up with the solution in two seconds, and everyone, everyone does agree to it except for Jill, right? Yeah, here's the other thing. If you just have one stubborn person who says, I want control of this challenge, you give them control of the challenge. Because it's a 6,000 euro difference. It's either that or you just say, okay, we just won't take money. If you, I guess the other way of viewing success is that you just let the money get taken out of the pot and no one gets that advantage. Yeah. They basically allowed one stubborn person to ruin this game, which is all it takes in a mind game like this. What's funny, too, is that it still had the same outcome as to what Bruno had in mind, because Hannah still had one extra pass dragon. Yeah, but they lose 6,000 euros for the pot. Yeah. Overall, yeah, it's a 6,000 euro difference for the exact same outcome as what happened with Bruno's plan. They still let Hannah go in there first, take that one pass dragon, and end the game. So them losing the challenge means that they earn minus 3,000 euros of possible 3,000 for the challenge, minus 3,000 euros of a possible 14,000 for the episode, and 24,000 euros of a possible 82,000 for the season so far. This was one of the worst episodes for money, I think, and maybe it's the wor- yeah, other than other than Bart in the first Greek episode. Even that one ended up with minus 1,200. Right. So yeah, I guess this would probably be the worst overall. I can't think of an episode that has a worse outcome than minus 3,000 euros, in Belgium all at least. With how much money was up for grabs, there was, what was that, 14,000? That's a bad round. (laughs) And they are now on less than a third of the maximum pot that they could have earned by this point. What's funny is that they've done this version of this challenge twice in the American version of the mole. And both times, it also failed in an equally horrible fashion. In fact, it was a bit more dramatic, so it was just, you have one hour to decide who gets an exemption, and all it was was a big one-hour fight both times, involving the same guy. (laughs) Involving Corbin Burnson, because he got to play both celebrity versions. So Hannah correctly says that it's Gilles' fault. They all start arguing again, and Papa actually ends up having to step in and tell them to cool off for a few minutes before the execution. It gets properly heated. Yeah. And at the execution, it is Bruno who gets the first screen, and it is an instant red screen, and he gets sent home, leaving Kathy, Jill, Hannah, and Stein as our final four. And I am 99% sure that Papa Bear put them all behind tables so that nobody started pulling weaves. There had to be something going on behind the scenes then. It's because Hannah, it was one of the rare, like Hannah and Kathy typically go at it. And it's easily, it's a controlled situation. But Hannah just completely outs Jill saying, you ruined that challenge for everybody. And everyone knows you were the one who ruined it. It's a properly uncomfortable ending to the episode because I can't remember another um, execution where they've all had tables in front of them as well. Like, I'm pretty sure that they all got told they had to put their hands below the tables and not react to anything apart from who goes home. Because it's really, it's a really funny sight to see all five of them sat basically behind school desks. So they're in detention? Yeah. Mr. Papa Bear is very disappointed in you. You're all in detention. They're probably all hoping Jill was going to get executed that round. 
the one time where Kathy's not the one who has the worst reputation. Now, it's really interesting to look back on this season and think, the first four episodes are very much Kathy's story. The next two were very much Jill's story. Because he has that massive hero moment in the subway, and then has this massive fall from grace in the uh, in the 11, uh, 11 pass Fragon game. Well, just think with the subway challenge too, that Jill was really on their case. Like, what? I ran all that way, and you guys didn't do anything? You couldn't do any of the challenges? You couldn't get up to 6,000 euros? How would you not eat that sandwich? Yes, it's very interesting that if you look at those two challenges together, back to back, Jill would have won six grand if they'd all pulled their weight in the subway challenge, and Jill is personally responsible for them losing six grand in the 11 pass fragging game. And then by execution time, he's the bad guy because he's the one that messed up the pass fragging. So, next time, the final four try to save a goose from some gauchos, Kathy shoots some arrows, and Hannah collapses. So the takeaway for uh, what's so the takeaway from this episode is if you fail miserably at three challenges, you all need to have an execution where you sit behind desks because chances are people are going to be pissed off with each other. O for three is not a good run. This was a difference between losing three grand overall for the episode and having an extra fourteen thousand euros for the pot. Yeah, if you look at this season as a whole. Episode 6 is probably the most important episode in terms of the relationships that are formed or broken, and also in terms of sheer amount of meddling from them all behind the scenes. Yeah, and actually, I don't know how much we should say right now, but the mole, mole, the mole regrets one specific thing they did in this episode. Without saying anything, the mole sabotaged all three of these challenges in some way. Yeah. And in a big fashion. So have you got anything else you want to say about this iconic episode? It's weird to see an episode where the biggest conflict really didn't involve Kathy. <laughs> I've still not rewatched episode seven and eight, so I can't remember what happens in terms of who the main character is for seven and eight. But first half of the season, very much Kathy's story. The next two episodes very much Jill's story. So it's gonna be interesting to see whose story seven and eight becomes. Yeah. And now that it's that far into the game, Kathy's fanatical behavior is is more acceptable. Yeah, now you're down to sort of final four, final five. You've kind of got an excuse to be a bit more fanatical, which is how Kathy kind of stops being public enemy number one, at least for this episode. And what's funny is that she actually peels off the, or has her foot taken off the gas pedal a bit because she's not even the most intense during the pass dragon challenge. She was the most easygoing one out of the bunch. Yeah, if Kathy is your most easygoing person around that table, everyone else has a bit of a problem. You're never going to win a challenge. <laughs> so, thank you for listening to our Demol Bells Recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the Argentinian mole. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at logsubquacky, and I am MJ Harmstone. See you next time. Peace out and just chill until the next to flavoring. Yay! Mm-hmm.